Well, good morning, church. Morning. How I love this church. How I love St. Luke's. How I love what God's doing. I actually didn't know we were doing this today. This is like a bonus for me that you guys all came as well. Um, if you're visiting here uh, this morning, I do want to say, you know, sometimes uh, we do forget that, uh, you know, what we do is often foreign to people that are coming in and you've never experienced what is happening here this morning. And the truth is what we're doing is we're gathering together and we're just worshiping Jesus. And so if you're new and this is new for you, my encouragement to you would be to ask God if he is real, that he would show himself to you today. Is that all right? We just need to remember that we are all here worshiping Jesus Christ. And each and every one of us have walked into church today carrying all kinds of different things. And we need to remember that some people uh, have a history with God. Some people have no history with God. Some people are upset with God. Some people don't really know who God is. And so we just want to be sensitive to that as the church. Is that all right? So when I was here the other day, actually, um, and I was looking in the Bible, I just want to just divert just for one second here um, because I didn't know we were doing this today. And I'd written down something, I think, for the church and actually for what is happening with you guys in St. Luke's, which to be honest, I think is really just the beginning of how God's going to use uh, St. Thomas Newcastle. And so it's going to be a beautiful thing because we are going to make the North very attractive. Come on, you know God's moving. If people are coming up, it's not that I don't love the North. I'm here. And I'm here not because of your beautiful weather. I'm here not because your amazing football team, although they're good. Amen. I'm here because the Lord's moving. And I believe in what God's doing. So anyways, I wrote this down in my Bible yesterday. This is out of Zechariah uh, chapter 9. It says this, the Lord their God will save them on that day as the flock of his people, and they will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown. How attractive and beautiful they will be. And I say yes and amen to that for the church and everyone represented here. So in the book of Matthew, as Ben read to us this morning, I felt like to talk uh, just briefly this morning about how we as, you know, an individual, we all have our own relationship with God, but, but in that, that we are always in a choice uh, every day of where we're going to live our life from. And I want to propose a question to us this morning about what does it look like to be a person, to be prepared for God to use us? What does it look like to be a person that we are ready for God to pour out his presence upon us? And in the book of Matthew here, there's, it's, it's very significant. There's lots of threes actually in this short little passage that Ben read. In fact, it's, it's mentioned in three of the gospels. Jesus used the example, example in the story to get his point across, the wedding, the clothing, the wine. They all have to do with the celebration it's also about the third person and the Trinity, you know, the Holy Spirit. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The number three in the Bible is very important. Remember, Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day. So when we hear something in threes, it's very significant. But what's going on here is that the Pharisees are really upset with the disciples because they aren't fasting. They aren't doing the things that they thought were most important. 
And so they were all upset about the, the lack of the disciples' response in the area of fasting. There was actually a common proverb in that day that they, they would say that we're fasting for a dream. So it was like fasting for selfish reasons. It wasn't like fasting so that we could hear God's voice, fasting so that God would move. It was like fasting for a dream so that I can be everything that it is that I want to be in this world. It was a common proverb at that time. And there's some points here that Jesus makes to us. And I think they're very powerful when we're, when we're asking ourselves the question, am I getting myself ready? And am I preparing myself for what God wants to do? One of the points that Jesus makes is he's saying, hey, listen, when I'm with you, we should not be sad. Remember, Jesus was with them. And they're so focused on what isn't happening. They're so focused on, you know, the structure and the traditions and how things always were supposed to be. But what Jesus is saying, there's a time for fasting. There's a time for mourning. But when he is with us, that we should celebrate and celebrate him. Jesus saw something that these people actually in particular and the world in general um, around them were carrying the weight of poor health. If you read through the gospels, we find where Jesus would see the people and he would be moved, like literally moved with compassion towards the people. And so Jesus obviously was seeing the bigger picture and he was saying, rather than focus on the sobriety of fasting, on making all of the religious people happen, uh, happy, Jesus decided to extend the celebration of his coming kingdom to the least who expected it, to the ones who didn't quite understand or deserved it. And it was always met with opposition from the religious establishment. And sometimes is it not true that we kind of get this idea of who God is and, and how God should act. And if God does things outside of our normal way of how we do life, that it's, it's like a, a, a conflict within us. And what Jesus is saying is that when he is present, we should be celebrating him. Remember the context here is that Jesus is with them. And sometimes we can forget that Jesus is with us and that he is moving in us. And sometimes we can get so caught up in the stuff around us that we miss, of his, his, we miss the very gift of his uh, presence being amongst us. That is a gift. It is a gift for God to be among us. How many know like, how often do we pray and say, God, you, we want you to come. We want you to move. We want you to do whatever it is that you wanna do. Often forgetting that he is already here. He is here. Our job as the believer is to draw near because when we accept him he is with us and we just make the choice on whether or not we're going to draw near the second point Jesus is making is he's giving two examples examples to make a point in verse 16 17 it's in reference with God's presence being with us and he uses the example of the cloth and the wine and what he's saying is he's saying in your life so think of your life this morning okay he's using two examples with the 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 cloth and the wine first of all he's saying the patches and he's talking about the wineskin. He doesn't want to just patch up an old system. So you have to remember the context of the day that the disciples and, you know, the, the, the Pharisees, so to speak, were thinking that Jesus was going to come and he was going to wipe out the Romans. He was going to wipe out everything that was in opposition to them. And they were going to get position and they were going to get power. But instead, what Jesus did in Philippians 2 is that he came and what did he do? He served and he loved. And so he doesn't want to just patch up 
parts of our life. So this context here of what Jesus is actually saying is that there are times actually when he wants to do a deeper work within our lives. That's part of what he's saying here is he's saying, listen, sometimes, you know, a patch over that area of your life is not going to be enough. Remember, he's using the context of the cloth and the wine and he's using the context of sometimes, you know, getting yourself ready. How many have ever had Jesus come to you and say that area of your life, I don't want to just put a patch on that. I want to go to the root problem of that. Because in order for you to be a person that's going to be a carrier of God's presence, I can't just patch that up. Because how many know sometimes we leak? And sometimes, you know what? I, you know what's one of the most frustrating things for me in the church is I think sometimes we just keep saying things over and over and over and over again. And people are so frustrated. They're so frustrated that they're not getting healed. They're so frustrated that their life's not changing. But the truth is sometimes we have to like have a renovation process. We have to have where God comes in and he cleans stuff out. And he doesn't just put a patch out. He goes to the root problem in our life and he uproots stuff and he cleans it and he heals us. And how many know when God heals us, he heals us right? Because he's Rafa, he's healer. It's not just who he is, it's what he does. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. So when he says that he's present, you know what that means? It means healing is present. So let me give you a context here because he's talking about, you know, the, the cloth, but he's also talking about the wine and he's talking about the wine skin. So obviously wine was the most common drink and when wine is fermented, it expands. By the way, grape juice does not expand. That's why I really believe, listen, everything that Jesus did was around, you know, food and wine. It's very scriptural in every way. Grape juice does not ferment, expand. Wine skins, let me give you context here. Wine skins were bad, bags made of skin or leather, usually a goat hide tied at the legs and at the neck. After the flesh and bones were removed from the inside of the goat, the skin was tanned over, fires of acacia wood, and then the openings were sewn shut. The neck of the goat was used for the spout and unfermented grape juice was poured in. And afterwards, the neck was sewn shut and the fermentation process began. And as the new wine fermented and expanded, it would stretch the new wineskins, putting new unfermented wine in old wineskins, which had already been stretched and somewhat dried out. And it would result in the bursting of the wineskins. In other words, old wineskins become brittle and rigid with age. And many a times, what Jesus is saying here, many a times that he will come to us and he will say, hey, listen, I want to something in you. I don't want you to operate from the old and the old, you know, sort of container of who you are or where you come from or your past or whatever. That's not going to be able to contain what God wants to do in and through you in this next season. How many of you know sometimes like as we go through things in life, we can get hard. We can get brittle. We can get bitter. We can get all of those things. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, listen, not only do I want to heal your life in a deep way, I want the container of your life to be prepared and ready so that I can pour out my presence upon you. And Jesus was saying to the people in the context in the book of Matthew here, he's saying, I'm not coming to reform an old system. I'm coming to introduce a whole new way of life. And I'm telling you this morning, that's who Jesus is. 
that he doesn't just come and he doesn't just like, you know, miss things in our life. He comes to reform us. He comes to repair us. He comes to heal us. He comes to deliver us. He comes to save us. He comes and does all of these things to us. And then he pours his presence upon us. And so the things that you walked into church today with, all the struggles, all the things that you never thought that you would actually ever get healed from, and that you just keep putting a patch on it and it keeps breaking and it keeps being frustrating. I'm telling you, the, the promise of Jesus here is he's saying, first of all, I'm here, I'm with you, and I'm here to restore you. So that is good news for us this morning, that our God is a restoring God. And the promise that God is with us. There's a few different levels, I think, of the presence of God. I don't know if these are actually all right, but in scripture, there's three different things that I notice. One is that we, we find where God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. One of the translations of that I really love because the word forsake there literally means that I will never abandon you. And if you ask people about what, what their fears are, a lot of people have the fear that they will be abandoned. So isn't it loving of Jesus to say, I will never leave you. Like, listen, your life's not perfect. Listen, you gotta get yourself ready so that I can bless you with more. But at the same time, he's saying, I'm not going to abandon you in that process. That is a loving God. The second level I think is found in Matthew 18, 19, where it says, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven for where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. There's another level, isn't there not? Like even just gathering as the church. So we have when we're alone with God or just you know with one or two other people, it's basically what Jesus is, is saying is that when we gather, that there's another level of his presence among us. And he's saying, when we gather, I can't help myself but show up because you've chosen to come together. And so when we talk about getting ourselves ready for God to pour out his presence among us, it's always to us before it's through us, right? So the promise that he'll never abandon you. And then at the same time, he tells us, but you also need people around you. And there is a, a power, there is something that happens to us when we gather as the church and we come around each other as the church, like what we did this morning, that we come around each other, that we don't do church alone, we don't do life alone, that community is God's idea. And that when we do that, there's a level of God's presence that meets us. And the third thing I think of talking about just being ready for God's presence is just the overflow, because you're talking about the wineskin, you're talking about the container of your heart. You're talking about who you are as a person. The Bible talks about that this is your heart, the wellspring of your life. Everything about who you are is flowing from this place. And your heart is your responsibility, right? So you do, if you wanna worry about you know, what you say, worry about what you think about, because what you think about actually is gonna get in your heart. Whatever's in your heart is gonna make its way out of your mouth. You're gonna tell me who you are if I sat with you for a little bit, in other words. And so there's a different level, I think, of being in God's presence and getting ourselves ready. And I'm not talking, I wanna say this, because those of you that have been in the church a long time, I'm not talking about like manifestations of the Holy Spirit. To be honest with you, it's not really the manifestation of when God's presence is moving. It's not about the shaking. It's not about the falling down. It's not about any of that kind of stuff. You know what it's about? 
It's about God visiting you in such a way that when you get up, your life is changed. You live different. You give different. There's so many things that are different in your life. That's what it means to be in the very presence of God, the overflow. Because what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, hey, listen, I'm with you. So some of you need to know that today, that God is here and God is with you. He's not going to abandon you. And he doesn't want to just put a patch over your life of things that are, you're struggling with. He actually wants to heal you. But then he also wants to empower you. And I think for the church in this next season, we need something that's a little bit more than what we've had. And I think it's going to be like the spirit of might. And to me, that's different. That's like God's presence coming. Remember Solomon. Solomon had the gift of wisdom where people would come just to hear what Solomon would say because he had such a wisdom from God that only God could give him. And Solomon was a man who had to get himself ready for God to use him in such a way. Remember Elijah, when God's spirit came upon him and he outran the chariot. When I think about God's presence coming on us in a spirit of mind, I think about Peter before the Sanhedrin. You know, all of a sudden, Peter, who was actually known, like I I think of Peter as like a foot and mouth guy. So all of us know a foot and mouth person, right? Do you have that expression here? Is that offensive? Okay, did I lose you? We all know somebody that they just say something before they think. Don't look to the person next to you. When I think of Peter, that's what I think of. Peter like said something before he thought it through. Well, when Peter's before the Sanhedrin, all of a sudden the Bible talks about that God's spirit came upon him. And all of a sudden they said, who is this guy? This ordinary guy, is this Peter? Like we can't even believe this is Peter. That's the spirit of might. And for us in in our life, And in this season and in this time and in the coming church, we need to get ourselves ready so that we have the power and the presence of God's spirit, that we celebrate that he is with us now, but he also wants to pour out his presence even more. So I would propose a question to you this morning. Are you getting your wineskin ready? And what is the condition of your wineskin? Is it brittle? Is it bitter? Is it broken? Because Jesus says to us, listen, I I want to come. I want to fill you. you. I want to empower you. But he also says, new wine does not get poured into old wineskins. And I think sometimes in the church, we just have things just drain out of us and we're not able to contain it. I'll say this and I'll give a context to it. Because I do believe that God anoints people and appoints people. It's never God's anointing that makes people implode. It's never God's presence and power where people go sideways. It's that the container of who that person was, was not prepared and ready. So when God poured his favor and his presence out on that person, they weren't able to contain it. Does that make sense? So God wants to use you, but you have responsibility in this. And you have to ask yourself this morning, like, what is God saying to you? How is God preparing you? Like, what are the things that God's convicting you of? What are the things that God's saying? Hey, stop trying to get over that with just a patch. Let God go deeper and heal that in you so that your container, your heart, the presence of your life is ready for God to use you in a deeper way. And you know what that means? It's actually good. It just means that some of the old in us 
has to go. Like every time God wants to move us forward, we have to be willing to take less of us. Every time God wants us to step out in something new, we have to be willing to let go of what was. And that's hard sometimes, is it not? Because we like the old, we like the familiar, we like the comfort of what was. But when God is going to pour out his spirit anew, that means that we actually have to be willing to let go of what was. And for some of you in your life this morning, God has much better than what you are settling for right now. What God has for us is always better than we can ever imagine for ourselves, And that is good news. So you wanna ask yourself, what are the things that God is saying to you? Because here's a promise in the Bible. We know who wins. If you don't know the Bible, we know who wins. God wins. We know who wins. So we're not fighting in our life for victory. We're just fighting for occupation. And what that means is God wants to occupy every part of your life. That God wants to come to you and say, that area in you, that thing that is just ruining you, I wanna occupy that. I want that to be the container of who you are. I want that to get healed. I want that to get restored. I don't want you to have to do life in your own power. Do you understand? That's the goodness of God, letting go of those things. But I'm gonna tell you, you can't do that apart from the spirit of God. It is the spirit of God that actually heals us and moves us forward. You know, one of the ways that God does this for us is actually through suffering. And we don't like to talk about suffering. We don't like to talk about loss. We don't like to talk about pain. Nobody's like, hey, I'm really looking forward for 40 years in the desert. I'm really looking forward to, you know, having a hard life. None of us would sign up for that, right? But do you realize the power of the early church, the power of actually the Nicene Council, the council which was the first effort to attain consensus, consensus in the church and the assembly, which represented all of Christendom in that time. It is an important time in the church and the meeting in the fourth, uh, it's fourth AD, uh, uh, century in AD. Of the 318 delegates that were actually making the decision to establish Christendom actually in the world, 318 delegates, and it says this, fewer than 12 had not lost an eye or lost a hand or did not limp on a leg, lamed by torture for their Christian faith. There is a price tag of letting go. There is a price tag to saying yes to Jesus. I don't like it when we, when we don't talk about the cost. It's a costly thing to say yes to Jesus. And sometimes we forget, we just want God to just come. We just want God to fill us up. But sometimes we have to be willing to pay a cost. Sometimes we have to be willing to let go of what's comfortable. Sometimes we have to let go of something that we have actually, you know, have been giving ourselves to that is not good. You know, that counsel, that affects us still today. The power of the church, like we talk about here and other places in the church, we always stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. And they paid a heavy price, but it established the church. And if you want God to use you in a deep way, you have to be willing to pay the price. And I'm telling you, there is a price tag to power. If there wasn't, everybody would operate in it. And so when Jesus comes to us and says, hey, listen, I wanna pour out my spirit in you. I wanna help you. I wanna empower you. I wanna heal you. He wants to replace some of those areas in our life 
where we need him to come replace those areas. And he wants to form something new. And you know when something gets formed in us new, you know what we need individually? We need it as the church. We need it in the new church that's operating. We need it in the other churches that we're planting. What we need to do, a wineskin has to learn to be flexible. I think it's the missing beatitude, if I'm going to be honest. Blessed are the flexible. Because when God pours out his presence on you and in you, you have to be willing to be flexible because it will not be in the way that you think it's going to be. And God will stretch you and he will move you and he will ask you to do things outside of your world that you never thought you would ever do. But you know what you get out of it? You get more of Jesus. You get more of his presence. You get more of his power. You get more of his purpose for your life. So I want to ask you this morning this. Are you allowing God to prepare you? Are you allowing God to remove some of those things in your life that actually, you know what? At the end of the day, it's not worth it. And sometimes, you know, some some of the hardest decisions to make in our life, you would think that they're simple, but sometimes we hold on to things as security blankets. And God will come and say, listen, I want you to let go of that now because I have something better for you in this next season. But you wanna ask yourself, are you allowing God to prepare you for what he wants to give you in your life? How are you preparing your heart? How are you preparing your decisions? How are you you saying yes to him or no to other things? How are you in your walk with God? God is pouring out his presence and it is a beautiful thing. But if we actually don't get ourselves ready, we will not be able to contain it. And we need to be able to be flexible. And that's hard. That is really hard. How many of you have ever, you know, seen where God does everything in the way that you think he should do it for your life? It's always much different, isn't it? But I'm telling you, if you say yes to him, it'll be a blessing far beyond you could ever imagine. And I want to say this, those of you in this room this morning where you are just like, I am so sick of the same patterns that I'm caught in over and over again. I can't get healed of this. I can't get free of this. I just feel like this is always going to be my life. This is the good news of Jesus to you is that he has come and he's come so that you will not just have life, but in abundance. That's the goodness of our God. Isn't that beautiful? The beautiful thing of when we come to church, we should leave different. We should leave all of our stuff here, all of the things that hold us down, all of the things that are weighty, and we should leave different. So ask yourself the question, Lord, what is the thing in my life that I need to let go of? What is the thing in my life that's holding me back? What is the thing in my life that's causing me to say no to you? And that's between you and God. I'm just here to tell you that the Lord has done this with me so many times and it is hard. Sometimes it's really hard. I'm gonna tell you, sometimes the conversations I have with God, I'm like, well, that sounds great, Lord, but no, thank you. I have to get myself there. You know what I mean? Like we're human. Like it's not like always exciting when God is leading us into something that we maybe don't wanna be led into. But this is what I found. I found it's much better to be in the place of obedience where God can heal you and God can use you than fighting that for the rest of your life. It takes more energy to fight God 
than to surrender to the Spirit of God. Amen? Why don't you stand?